Welcome to Machine Learning. This is the second podcast for today, but I was been thinking about uh, Spotify and what they're using data science for. Um, so I was reading this article, and originally they thought, uh, well, they had a, they had a team of data scientists, and <clears throat> they found that they were having a difficult time getting extracting their data. Uh, sometimes they would have to run these long queries that would run overnight. Uh, they were dealing with large data sets, and so they were trying to do their analytics, uh, and then they decided, well, what we're going to do is move everything to the cloud. We'll do use virtual machines, and we'll do all our comp cycles on the cloud. Uh, on the surface of that, sounds really easy, but it wasn't quite that easy because they <clears throat> they had uh, all of their data um, science analysis done in Jupyter Labs, and so they needed to create virtual machines, and then they would have to allocate and configure those virtual machines, and and it was a kind of a hassle. So. Uh, what they decided to do is use ScienceBox for their scalability and BigQuery. So that's Google's BigQuery. So they run the <coughs> they run the scalable query system uh, on, on the uh, server, and then they would use uh, ScienceBox to do the virtual machines. And what they found is that now they could. Uh, they could do the analysis quicker. They could run their queries. Uh, uh, they could run more, more than one query at a time uh, and get those query results back when they were completed on the on the server. Uh, and then they also went to real simple interface for opening projects in Jupyter Labs. And uh, they said that the result of this was a 50% improvement in production. Now, I don't know if that meant that their queries were 50% faster uh, or if they just, because they had more collaboration between the, the different data scientists and then they were doing, looking at uh, existing work that had been done and building on that existing work. Uh, so there, there was a lot of collaboration that was going on more than more than the architect realized. I also read this article on PayPal, and PayPal's CEO was talking, and he was saying that he didn't think that uh, the future would be generalized AI, and he was uh, more of a proponent of augmented AI. So AI working in conjunction with uh, human beings to perform and do the analysis. But, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I, I think that uh, the high-paying jobs in data science are with a lot of the bigger companies like uh, banks where they're doing fraud detection. And PayPal said that, uh, the CEO said that they didn't have ability to predict what the customer was going to buy. Even though they're getting between twenty-six to seventy thousand million, tra- I mean seventy twenty-six to seventy-six million transactions a day, you know that includes consumer probably twenty-six million consumer transactions. But there's also business transactions that are going. 
on too. And uh, all of that has to be, you know, within a few seconds of the transaction. And they, you know, they have to be running either thousands of different processes, uh, checking the thing for security. So looking for things like fraud or, or behaviors of abnormal uh, buying or irregular uh, amounts that are being purchased. Uh, so those things are becoming a trademark of, of PayPal and, and uh, also uh, the performance requirements are, are increasing. So they're looking at using uh, uh, AI to identify who the person is that's doing the transaction and the type of transactions that are occurring and trying to predict the behavior of the consumer. So. You know, if you're predicting the behavior of the consumer, it's it's uh, it's it's not too big of a jump to start predicting what that consumer would will buy, and uh, and so I imagine that in the future PayPal will merge with a with a company that does a lot of research on on consumer buying patterns, and uh, would use more AI in that field to to uh, start identifying. Uh, what the person is most likely to buy and so like say if, if a person goes out and buys a rolex that, that would be something very abnormal for most most people they would probably buy a seiko or a, or a, um, a timex or something like that and uh and then if you you know if you're buying a, a twenty thousand dollar watch that that might be something that's uh, out of the ordinary and that should maybe uh uh, trigger a you know a devia deviation in the buying predictability. So you're predicting that the consumer will buy a certain type of car, will buy certain types of food, uh, based on on uh, demographics on the individual. And when they go outside that uh, demographic, then that would be considered an anomaly, and uh, potentially then you could uh, uh, see if that was. Uh, uh, possibility for fraud detection or fraud. Another one could be also like the number of attempted uh, uh, transactions like if they had the wrong pin or or if they had too many transactions within a certain time period. That might be indicate that uh, they have a, a card number that uh, or a card that isn't on theirs. But when you look at the number of credit cards there are I think the, the report it said that there was a I think 11 billion credit cards, you know, one over a bit, uh, a billion in the United States alone. So it's a, uh, it's a transactions, electronic transactions um, are increasing. I don't think all the retail, probably a huge percentage of the retail is still, uh, you know, a cashier. You make you go in and make your purchase, but, but through a cashier. But with COVID, uh, things are changing. Everything's moving to e-commerce quickly. And so with that increased uh, amount of uh, commerce that's, that's going on, there's going to have to be some sort of authentication of who you are, the, the source point. So that's, that could uh, validate the point of the chips that uh, people are talking about where you, know, you have a unique identifier that's... Uh, <clears throat> connected to you biologically um you know like the i think personally the internet's like the mark of the beast you know you can't do any 
<coughs> transactions can't do any business without being <coughs> able to transact on the internet in the future and and uh, and the only way to really uh, verify who's making the transaction is have some sort of hardware piece almost like a hardware dongle uh, on a computer that uh, is then giving you credibility uh, connected to maybe to that MAC address the person will have obviously wouldn't have the MAC address but they would have some sort of unique identifier in a database uh, that's used to authenticate them and that was the beginnings of OAuth 2 and token-based authentication is that you know you had some sort of uh, credibility uh, you had a unique uh, public key or private key and so you know the, the private key wasn't known but the public key was and uh, and then you had a generation of that token and then uh, authentication of uh, using the public key so you know we've had the um, encryption and uh, and authentication around for a long time but now we need to have some sort of way to authenticate source and whether that's a DNA signature so you're uh, you know if you have your computers in order to do e-commerce maybe they'll have some sort of DNA signature uh, that it can take and it would then identify who you are okay so you can do facial recognition voice recognition uh, and then you retina scan, fingerprint, all these are different signatures that are hard to duplicate. Um, and then you'd have to have some sort of way once uh, uh, you, you had the, these, these authentication methods or security methods that they were not hackable. In other words, they couldn't be duplicated, they couldn't be uh, simulated, and, and uh, and but once that happens, then you know people's uh, privacy is destroyed. But it uh, then assures the, the ability to uh, trade on the network, and so that that will probably be the trade-off on, on those type of scenarios. Well, when you look at cyber uh, security, it's it's going to be huge over the next few years. The cyber crime is is growing exponentially. Uh, that's due to the fact that the you know the cyber criminals are getting better uh, computing capability and software, as well as the people who are doing business. And so, uh, having a, a secure system and tracking suspicious behavior is going to be more important uh, as companies are going to provide services for security and to protect against viruses, malware, uh, ransomware, you know, all, the, all these, uh, these type of intrusions on your system. And I personally think that all data should be separated from application uh, and that your data should be sitting somewhere on a cloud file server and uh, your application should be uh, on a virtual machine and that every day your virtual machine is restored back to a certain state um, and it's just it seems like that there should be a way or a software that does an inventory of every software component and uh, maybe even through AI or heuristics 
analyzes each component and makes sure that, uh, that you have a functioning component that uh, uh, is uh, inventoried by the vendor. And so, you know, this, uh, the, let's say with uh, Microsoft operating system, you have 30 million parts and uh, all 30 million parts would need to be inventoried and each version of that part would need to be configuration controlled uh, and, uh, and then those configurations need to be tested and there needs to be some sort of heuristic signature so that you know that that, that hasn't been modified because that's uh, uh, always a risk and, and then uh, you know there's the Turing complete machine where it, it uh, that the CPU can be uh, overtaken by Turing complete and so those are those are things that have to be watched for and protected against uh, to ensure that uh, the cybersecurity uh, is, is uh, solid. Well um, the world of cybersecurity is interesting um, and uh, I think in the future there will definitely be jobs uh, in that field and the use of AI uh, with cybersecurity will be uh, a tool and, uh, and the large David servers that are uh, monitoring vulnerability will be a common practice and, and service that you, you're subscribing to.